verse number 10 to get us started this morning, reminding you that there are notes on the back of your bulletin. Fill in the blank notes. This will help you kind of stay focused, and it will uh, 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 give you something to take home with you as well. The book of 1 Peter, chapter number 5, and verse number 10. Where the Lord says, "May, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, By Christ Jesus. Notice this next phrase. After you have suffered a while. Say that with me. After you have suffered a while. After you have suffered a while. Perfect. Established. Establish. Strengthen. And settle you. This morning we're going to talk about the aim of adversity. Seems like we've talked a lot about that lately. But uh, there's a lot of people facing it lately. And I believe that God wants us uh, to address it again Today, Father, we love you and we praise you today. We thank you, Lord, that you're an awesome and an incredible God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us uh, through everything, Father. And Lord, we know that you are at work in our hearts and in our lives. And Father, I just pray that your anointing, Lord, will rest upon the message and upon the messenger today. Father, give us ears to hear the word of the Lord. Father, and uh, Father, may we uh, be blessed, encouraged, strengthened, enlightened by your word today, we ask. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, we understand that adversity is uh, a fact of life. Everybody experiences adversity. Adversity knocks on every single door. Uh, it comes in a lot of different and various ways. It, it, it might come by uh, the loss of a job. It might be the, uh, the, the, the death of a loved one. It might be turmoil in the family. It might be a debilitating accident. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So it goes. So this morning, I, I want us to talk about the aim or the purpose of adversity. You see, God has a purpose for everything. He has the purpose for everything that happens to us, everything that happens around us, and everything that happens through us. So even through adversity, even through trials, even through tests, even through problems, even through difficulties, there is an aim. God has an aim. God has a target. God has a purpose and a plan. Now, I'll be the first to admit this morning that we don't always understand the plan and the purpose of God. In fact, I'll go far enough to tell you that I don't always agree with it. I don't know what me and God, we don't always agree. And, and, but I asked this morning, how in the world could we? Because he's God and I came from dirt. So how in the world am I going to agree with God? How am I going to understand? How am I going to comprehend the purpose, the plan, the ways of Almighty God? Isaiah 55 and 9 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, that's how far my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, although the, I don't always understand that, and sometimes I don't even always agree with God's purpose and God's plan uh, for my life, I have learned to trust Him, and there are certain, especially in certain areas, learned uh, that all I can do in those areas is simply to put those things in the hands of God, trusting Him and believing that He is going to do His perfect will, and that He has a plan and a purpose, and that uh, He is working in my life. So, What is God's aim? What is God's purpose for allowing adversity to knock on the door of his people? Well, I believe that the aim or the purpose for adversity in our lives as the people of God, I believe that it is threefold. 
threefold. First of all, I want to suggest this morning that, that, that it's a test. It's a test. Adversity is a test. When adversity knocks on our door, when adversity walks into our house and sits down on our couch, when adversity gets in the car with us and rides along with us to work, when it walks with us throughout our day and even climbs into bed with us at night, this is God saying, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. How many understand that a test at school, it reveals two things. It, it reveals what we know and it reveals what we don't know. Uh, it reveals who's been paying attention in class and who's been studying and, and it reveals who hasn't. The test of adversity also reveals two things. First of all, it reveals who we are. Adversity reveals who we are. Somebody said that adversity builds character. Well, that might be true in some cases, but I believe that, that no, not really. Adversity doesn't build character, but actually adversity reveals character. It reveals character. Sometimes it reveals what a character we are. Yeah, yeah. So adversity will reveal who we truly are. If we are spiritually mature, the test of adversity is going to prove it. On the other hand, if we are spiritually immature, the test of adversity is going to reveal that as well. But not only will adversity reveal who we are, but it will also reveal who we are not. Adversity will reveal who we are not. Proverbs 24 and 10 says that, that if you faint in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Somebody said anybody can be a good soldier on the day of the parade. How I many understand it doesn't take much of a man to get all dressed up in a, in a real neat uniform and, and march down the street to the cheers of, of appreciating spectators. Anybody can do that. It doesn't take much of a man to be a soldier on the day of the parade. But it's in times of battle. It's in the times of war when the true soldiers distinguish themselves from the imposters and the posers. Adversity will separate the true soldiers of the Lord from the imposters and the wannabes. Jesus told a bunch of his followers one day, said, you only come around here for the loaves and the fishes. Jesus told them, the only reason that some of you are following after me is just simply because that you have heard that I multiply loaves and fishes. You are hungry and you wanted a free meal. In Mark chapter 14, Jesus preached on the cost of discipleship. And in verse number 50, it says that many turned away and walked no more with him. When the loaves and the fish were not multiplying, how when it became, the, you know, the, the time for Jesus to, you know, to draw the line in the sand and say, hey, this is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to cost to be a disciple. This is what it's going to cost to be a, a follower of me. The Bible said that many turned away from the Lord and didn't walk with him anymore. I'm in good company when people leave because they don't like what I'm preaching. I'm in good company. Amen. You know, some saints only come around in the good times. 
As long as the loaves and the fish are multiplying. Oh, oh, as long as there is prosperity all around. As long as God is answering all of their prayers according to the way that they want Him to. As long as God is blessing their socks off. Oh, as long as things are well and good all around. Oh, as long as the preacher is preaching to suit them. and Oh, as long as the deacons are deacon right and the ushers are ushing right. As long as they're making plenty of money and, and oh, as long as their home life is good, as long as they are healthy, wealthy, and wise, as long as there is no adversity in their life, all is well. Oh, listen, they can dress up and look like a soldier on parade day. But it's a different story when it's time to do battle. It's a different story when the war breaks out in their life. Oh, when the battle is on. Oh, now they are nowhere to be found. They have deserted. What is the aim? What is the purpose of adversity? It's a test. The test of adversity will reveal who we are and who we are not. But not only is adversity a test, but it is also a teacher. It's a teacher. And much can be learned through adversity. The fact of the matter is little, if any, is learned in times of prosperity. We learn very, very little in times of prosperity. But we learn much, or at least the opportunity to learn much, in times of adversity. Let me suggest three things that we can learn through adversity. Three things. Three things that God wants us to learn in our times of of adversity. And if you're going through adversity today, listen, God wants you to learn in this time because adversity is a teacher. It has been designed to teach you some things and here are three things that God wants you to learn in and through your adversity today. Number one, adversity teaches us about God's presence. Adversity teaches us about the presence of of God. As you read and study the word of the Lord, you will see that every single one of God's uh, people experienced adversity. Not a one of them was left out. All of them went through adversity. But you will also see that God's presence was revealed in the midst of their adversity. People like Joseph. Joseph. Joseph, we all, all know, was, was his father's favorite Son, he he was he was daddy's pet, and that was good on some ways, but it caused him some problems on the other because his brothers were angry. They they were jealous of him and jealous of his favor with his dad, and so so they get mad at him and they throw him in a pit, and then they sell him as a slave. Joseph throughout his life experienced the pit, the prison, and the persecution. And yet over and over and over and again and again and again, the Bible said, but the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with him. He was in the pit, but the Lord was with him. He was in prison, but the Lord was with him. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. But the Bible said, but the Lord was, was with him. In his greatest hours of adversity, God revealed his presence to him. What about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and under the bed we go? Did they experience any adversity? The Bible said that, that they were thrown into a, to, into a furnace of fire for doing right. Hey, hey, pastor, if, if I live right and, and if I always do right and, and if I don't bow down to the gods of this world, then, then I'll be spared adversity, right? 
Sorry. Sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a furnace of fire for doing the, the right thing. What happened to them in the fire? Oh, they looked around and they saw none other than the Son of God. Amen. In the midst of the fire with Him. Yes, they were in the fire. Yes, the fire was turned up seven times hotter than ever. But when they looked around in the fire, it wasn't just Shadrach. It wasn't just Meshach. It wasn't just Abednego. But as they looked around, they saw the form of of a fourth man, the Son of God. Jesus was right there in the midst of the fire. You might be going through the fire today. It may be a fiery trial like you've never experienced before. But I promise you, if you look around today, you will see the form of the fourth man. You will see that Jesus is walking in the midst of the fire with you today. Adversity will teach us about God's presence. Amen. It will teach us about God's presence. And if you're in the fire today and you can't see God anywhere, it's because you're not looking for him. If you can't see God in your adversity today, it's because you're not looking for Him. Look around you today. You will see God. He might show up in the form of a pastor. Who has a word from God. He might show up in the form of a family member that loves you and cares for you and ministers to you. And walks beside you and holds your hand. And walks the floor at you with you at night. And is there to encourage you and lift you up. God might show up in the form of your husband or your wife or your brother or sister or, or one of your children. He may, he may show up in the form of a friend. Who slips you a hundred dollar bill or mows your yard when you can't do it. Or picks up your kids for you. Or is there for you when you go through your hardest trial. He might even show up. As a perfect stranger. Hebrews 13 and 2 says don't be. uh, Don't forget to entertain strangers. Because some of you. When you have entertained strangers. You have entertained angels. Angels. Paul said concerning his. uh, Many encounters with adversity. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 and 17. He said everybody forsook me. He said when all forsook me. The Lord stood with me. Paul said, I looked around and all them jokers were gone. There wasn't nobody. Nobody stood up with me. Nobody. Nobody went with me. Nobody walked with me. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody forsook me. But he said, when everybody else forsook me, he said, the Lord. The Lord stood with me. And the Lord strengthened me. What is the aim or purpose of adversity? It's a teacher. Not only does it teach us about God's presence, but it also teaches us about God's provision. Elijah was a prophet of God. Now surely God's prophets and preachers are exempt from adversity, right? Sorry, Elijah. You see, Elijah experienced the very same drought that the rest of the people experienced. And yet although Elijah went through the adversity of a long drought, but the Bible says that God provided for him. The Bible said that God sent Elijah, first of all, to the brook. And when he got to the brook, the Bible said that at the brook, God sent ravens to feed him twice a day. All he had to do was just lay around and wait for the ravens to show up with the food. And he ate their food and drank from the brook. The Bible says the brook dried up because of the drought. And and so what's going to happen now? But the Bible says that God sent Elijah to Zarephath. And there God used a little widow woman there to feed him. The Bible said she fed him for an entire year. What about Joseph? Joseph experienced the adversity of famine. 
The entire country of Egypt experienced seven years of famine. But God provided for Joseph. And he provided for the people of Egypt during this adverse time by by giving Joseph a plan of storing up food during the seven years of prosperity so that it would see them through the seven years of poverty. Adversity is a teacher, friend. It teaches us about God's provision. I can personally testify of God's provision in 38 years of full-time ministry. Let me tell you that I've experienced a lot. I have. I've experienced a lot. And I've experienced a little. I've lived in the basement of the church where no other preacher would ever live ever after that. And I've lived six blocks from the country club. I'm telling you that I have known prosperity and I have known poverty. And yet in every single situation I've always had enough. Now, Hear me this morning. You, you, you may not have what you once had. You, you might not have what you once, once had. Your salary might be half of what it once was. But if you're God's child and if you are living in obedience to the word of the Lord, I'm just pretty sure in my mind that you've still got food to eat. You've still got clothes on your back. You've still got a roof over your head. You see, even in the darkest hour of adversity, God's provision is revealed. Psalm 37 and 25, David said, I've been young. He said, now I'm an old guy. But he said, in all this time, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging for bread. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31 and 32 and 33, do not worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Because your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Just as your earthly father, when you were growing up, made sure you had clothes to wear, made sure you had food to eat, made sure you had a roof over your head. The Bible says that your heavenly father knows that you need these things. And if you will seek first the kingdom of God and put God first in your life, Jesus said all of these necessities will be added unto you. Talking about the aim or the purpose of adversity this morning. Adversity is a teacher. It teaches us about God's presence. It teaches us about God's provision. And it teaches us about God's power. You see, God's power is revealed through adversity. Andre Crouch wrote that wonderful song many years ago. I date myself now. But most of you in here are dated as old or older than I am. So you'll remember through it all. Remember that song? Andre Crouch, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Remember that? Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Remember? So I thank God for the mountain, and I thank Him for the valley, and I thank Him for the storm He brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I never know God could solve them. I never know what faith in God could do. Braden's not in here. That's why I sang it. Amen. Come on. Have pity on an old guy, all right? My wife told me a few months ago, she said, honey, you used to be a good singer, but you're not anymore. Don't sing. You're not a good singer anymore. You've ruined your voice by preaching. Preach. Don't sing. 
นี่ Somebody just said to their neighbor, she was right. Amen. Let me tell you this morning, God's power is revealed in two ways. God's power is revealed in two ways. Number one, it's revealed with power to get us out. Power to get us out. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are experiencing adversity. They're thrown in prison for preaching. You know the story. God caused an earthquake to shake the prison and, and open the prison doors for Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas walked out of the prison. Sometimes God uses His power to get us out of adversity. Oh, we love it when He does that, don't we? We love it when God, oh, oh, gives us power to get out. But sometimes, if not most of the time, God doesn't use His power to get us out, but He uses His power to get us through. To get us through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about Paul's thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan, the Bible said, was assigned to the Apostle Paul. Does that mean he was demon-possessed? Absolutely not. But there was a messenger of Satan that was assigned to the Apostle Paul, attached himself to the life of the Apostle Paul, and harassed him day and night, causing him much trouble. And the Bible said that three times Paul prayed, and he begged and he asked God to make this pest go away. But God responded, no, Paul. I'm not going to make it go away, but I'm going to give you the power to endure it. Now, I'm, going to, I'm not going to empower you to make it go away, but I am going to empower you to endure it. God said to Paul, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. When we think of grace, we only think of unmerited favor. We only think of grace for salvation, but, but that's not where grace stops. It starts at salvation. There is saving grace. But God not only provides us with saving grace, but God also provides us with sustaining grace. And God said to Paul, I'm not going to get you out, but I'm going to get you through. And I'm going to give you sustaining grace that you're able to bear it. Adversity is a teacher. It teaches us about about God's power. God's power not only gets us out of a lot of adversity, God's power also enables us to get through a lot of adversity. Write this down this morning. Sometimes God provides power to be done with adversity. Other times He provides power to deal with it. But either way, God's power is available to us in time of adversity. We're talking about the aim. What is the aim? What is the purpose of adversity? It's, it's threefold. I believe it's a test. I believe it is a teacher. I believe that number three, I believe adversity. I believe it's a testimony. It's a testimony. Job said, and how many know that Job experienced more adversity than probably anyone else? Maybe the Apostle Paul, maybe not. No one by far besides Jesus ever experienced more adversity than this man named Job. But Job said in Job chapter 23 and verse 10, speaking of God, he said, But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me. When he's what? When who has tested me? When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Friend, the way that we react to adversity testifies to those around us as to the effectiveness of our faith. I'll never forget when my father had his open heart surgery, a quadruple bypass at the age of 71. They, you know how they do, they sewed his chest in two with a real saw. 
And then the doctor, you know, pulled his breast bones apart and got in there and worked on his heart. I'd say that my dad experienced some adversity. Amen? How is he going to react? I mean, he's a man of God. I mean, he's a man of faith. I mean, he's a man that's pastored nearly all of his life and raised his kids in the ways of the Lord. Surely he shouldn't have to walk through this. How is he going to react to this adversity in his life? Let me tell you that I was there and, and my father witnessed to every doctor and every nurse who entered his room. I was there and I watched as those nurses were there in intensive care. And there my dad had gone through open heart surgery. But he was witnessing to them about the faithfulness of his God. And telling them story after story after story of how that God had come through for him in his life. And that how God had always been there for him. And I watched those secular nurses. And I watched and I looked at them as tears was there. This is work for them. This is what they do for a living. This is a job for them. But they are listening to this man who just had open heart surgery, who's gone through the greatest adversity of his life, and he's witnessing to them of the faithfulness of God. And tears are running down the face of those nurses. If I remember correctly, one accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. What's the aim or the purpose of adversity? It's a testimony. It's a testimony. One of my heroes, one of my mentors, just laid him to rest last year in September. It was my uncle. His name was Dan Schaefer. In my opinion, and I am biased, but not very. In my opinion, Dan Schaefer was one of the greatest pulpit preachers To ever preach. That man had a way with words. He didn't just have an incredible delivery, but he had the goods to back it up. And he had the the knowledge, an earned doctorate. He was a a preaching machine. He was still pastoring and still doing missions work in Africa at age 81. The last few days, it was only like a, a week or so, but the, 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 the years finally caught up with him. He had physical issues, and, 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 and at the end of his life, and for the very, just the last few days of his life, he was in a nursing facility. And this man, who at one time was known to be one of the greatest preachers of all, all time, incredible oratory ability, could barely talk. You could barely understand his word. He couldn't put three words together hardly that you could understand. And on the day of his death, on the day of his death, he was trying to talk to a nurse. His son-in-law was in the room with him. He tells this story later at his funeral. Dan Schaefer's trying to talk to the nurse. The nurse was kind. The nurse was understanding. But, but finally she just had to say to him, I'm very, very sorry, sir, but I just can't understand what you're saying. Pastor Schaefer's son-in-law, who was in the room, said to this nurse, Ma'am, he just asked you 
Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? This is the day that he would die. Dan Schaefer was in the fight of his life. And if you knew Dan Schaefer, you knew he was a fighter. And he was in the fight of his life. He was walking through the greatest adversity in his entire life. What testimony was he going to give through the adversity he was walking through? Some of the very last words he said. Maybe the last words that were ever understood or repeated were, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Friend, adversity is a testimony. It's a testimony. How we respond to adversity speaks much louder than the words that we speak. Hear me, friends. Most people can talk a good game. Ah, they're good trash talkers. Most people can talk a good game, but how do they respond when the whistle blows and it's time to play the game? Job believed God. Mrs. Job bailed on God. I said Job believed God. Mrs. Job bailed on God. Job said, though God slay me. He said to his wife, woman, woman, will we not receive good from God? Will we not receive abundance from God? Will we not receive a prosperity from God? But not adversity. Woman, though God slay me, If God kills me, I'll trust him. Job believed God. Mrs. Job bailed on God. She said, curse God and die. What about us this morning? What testimony? You get Brother Braden ready. Just Braden. What about us this morning? What what testimony are are we given by the way that we respond? Adversity. We've been talking about the aim or the purpose of adversity this morning. If you're facing adversity today, be encouraged. God has not abandoned you. If you'll only trust Him, He will either get you out or He'll get you through. But either way, either way, we come out a winner. I encourage you today, if, if you're in the midst of adversity today, if you're going through adversity today, look around you today. Look, look, look for God's presence. Look for God's presence. Oh, you may not see God literally there in God form. He may come. He may have come this morning through a pastor and is listening to God and having a word. He may come through some other individual. If you're going through it, look around and see if you cannot see God's presence. Look around and look for God's supernatural provision. And then expect God's power. God's power to show up either to get you out or to get you through. I I love the story of the little boys that were playing baseball in the sandlot. An old fella happened by the sandlot and watched the boys playing baseball and he yelled out to the little boy in right field, what's the score? And the little boy said, 
They're 35, and we're nothing. And the old fellow said to the little boy in right field, Wow, you're really getting beat, aren't you? And the little boy said, Oh, no. And the old fellow said, What do you mean, little boy? They're 35, and you're nothing, and you're not getting beat? The boy said, No. We haven't got to bat yet. I need to tell somebody here today, it may, it may seem like that you're getting beat up this morning. It may seem like, amen, that the enemy is 35 and you are nothing. But I'm going to tell you this morning that God hadn't batted yet. Amen. And when God gets up to bat, I said when God gets up to bat, amen, when God gets up to bat, it's going to change things. And God is about ready this morning. I, I believe that God is in the batter, batter's box warming up. Amen. I think He's getting ready. He's just about to step up to the plate. And when God gets up to bat, man, things are going to change. Would you stand and give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today? Hallelujah. 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 If you're here this morning, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You're here this morning. You're facing adversity. You're going through adversity today. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You're going and facing adversity. And you need your...